The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Oh, folks, your Montreal Canadiens lose again, this time 4-1 to one at the hands of the New York Rangers on home ice. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Size and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and that was a snooze fest. Oh. I mean, I was trying to watch two games simultaneously. Uh, obviously, Canada was playing in the gold medal game, and they won, and I'll talk a little bit about that at the end here. Uh, but it it was a far more exciting game than what we were watching uh, between the Habs and Rangers. So let's get into the recap, and I can explain why it was so bad. There were 10 total shots in the first period, total shots between both teams. Very slow start. Neither team looked like they really wanted to be in this game at all. Both teams looked like they wanted to be sitting in the dressing room or sitting in their living rooms watching the gold medal game for the World Juniors. Um, It was horrible. Uh, There were two shots on goal total, both for the Rangers through the first 10 minutes. It took 17 fucking minutes for the Habs to get one shot on goal. Uh, Kirby Doc did get a late chance uh, in the period. Um, Allen had to make a big save late in the period. We go to the second period 0-0 with 10 total shots. Snooze fest absolute snooze fest how dare you do this to us while there's a gold medal game going on on a different channel anyways we're going to the second period things pick up a little bit Habs get a power play early-ish in the second period they only get two shots on it and it ends absolutely horribly Uri Slavkovsky makes a bad back pass to the point just kind of floats one out there tries to saucer it back Uh, it gets intercepted by Chris Kreider he goes in on a breakaway and beats Jake Allen makes it one nothing uh, <laughs> they almost scored not too long after that actually Jonathan Drouin streaked in on the left wing fired a really nice shot but he smoked the post with it big ring on that one big old ping all the way through the arena uh, and then very shortly after that Braden Schneider takes a weird shot from the point looks like it actually hit Jake Allen's glove and went through it uh, and into the net and it's 2 to nothing for the Rangers later on in that period it's not over yet Philip Schiedel Gets a one-timer from the high slot. That one gets, uh, I think it banked off Nick Suzuki and went in. Uh, makes it 3 nothing, and that's your score at the end of 20. So we're still looking at a pretty snoozy type of game, but the Rangers are the only ones that are capitalizing on any of their chances. So um, kind of par for the course when it comes to watching the Habs lately. Uh, we go into the third period. The third period is a snooze fest for most of it. Midway through the period, uh, the Habs get a power play. They had 13 shots. Midway through the third, they only had 13 shots on goal. And that's it. That's their best chance to get a goal right here. You feel like this is the the one chance that they're going to get. But, of course, Arbor Jackye takes a slashing penalty. And that best chance 
for the Habs to score actually ends up coming after Arbor Jacki is the only one in the box and the Rangers are on the power play. So they get their best chance of the four on four slash power play slash penalty kill during the penalty kill portion of it. Um, pretty terrible looking uh, special teams from the Montreal Canadiens, but alas, par for the course. About five minutes to play in the game, however. Rush chance. Puck gets thrown back to the point to Arbor Jacki. He takes a shot. It ricochets around. Lands perfectly for Yoel Armia. He bangs it in. Breaks the shutout. Makes it 3-1 to one and getting his first goal of the year. That's very important. But of course, it was not meant to be. There was no comeback on this night. Philip Schiedel added another one late to make it 4-1. to one. But hey, at least they didn't get shut out. <laughs> oh, well time for your silver lining um you know what i'm for for the silver lining the first thing i want to talk about i got to go to that gold medal game uh between canada and czechia they won in overtime in case anybody hasn't seen it yet uh and if you haven't seen the highlight yet you can head over to my twitter i did manage to get a clip of that even though i was in the middle of watching the habs game Uh, i think the habs game actually just ended right before that goal went in actually but the assist on that goal was by none other than joshua Roy. A Habs prospect, folks, did he have one heck of a tournament. I'm not going to talk too much about it because we're going to have a recap podcast coming up pretty soon. But Joshua Roy with 11 points in that tournament, named one of the three best players of the tournament for Canada. Folks, he is on the right track. I cannot wait to see this guy get some work with Adam Nicholas. I firmly believe, I know I've been yelling about this guy on the podcast and yelling about him on Twitter and on the site for years now. Well, two years, exactly. But trust me when I say this guy is on the right track. He's doing all the right things. He's improving in all the right areas. And man, did he have a heck of a tournament. Uh, So there's a silver lining for you that doesn't even come from that game. Joshua Roy is going to play for this team one day. And I really believe if he keeps working on the things that he's working on, he's going to have a lot of success with this team. And he's going to be a staple on the Montreal Canadiens. Middle six for a long time. Now... (laughs) back to the game that wasn't so fun to watch Um, I guess a silver lining I could take from that game is that the Habs actually did something that I asked them to do anybody who listened to the previous episode uh, after they got shelled I my article even was about not having Uri Slavkovsky on the fourth line now the caveat to that is of course it took an injury to Brendan Gallagher for them to bump him back up in the lineup but the good news is number one they did what I asked so I'm taking credit for it one way or the other And number two, he actually fared pretty well on a line with Christian Dvorak and Josh Anderson. They weren't bad. They really weren't bad. Uh, 53.85% of shot attempts were in their favor when they were on the ice, and they had uh, the balance of the scoring chances as well. Three to two is the count on naturalstatric.com. So that line, not so bad. Slavkovsky obviously had the one really bad pass on the power play that led to a goal against, but if you take just the five-on-five play and kind of pull that out and look at that and dissect that alone, I think it went pretty well. I think he made a pretty good case for continuing to do what I said, which is not playing him on the fourth line. I think this is how you can develop him into a better player. Uh, Mistakes like that are going to happen, so it's not something that we need to freak out about, Uh, but this is much, 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 much better than seeing him play on the fourth line with Michael Pizzetta and, and whoever else they decide to throw out on that line. Um, it, it went way better for them. So 
Hopefully they keep doing that. Hopefully, if and when uh, Brendan Gallagher comes back from injury, they don't automatically just decide, okay, well, we're going to do away with this and send you right back to the fourth line. I think there are other candidates, uh, but it, it worked. It worked. Okay? I asked for it. They did it, and it worked. We don't really need to talk about the circumstances and how there was an injury that really kind of forced their hand on that front, but I am, again, I'm taking credit for it. I'm fucking taking credit. Uh, I'm happy. They did what I asked, and it worked. That's it. That's all we need to do. We're going to stop the discussion there and move on to something else because I'm, I'm taking credit. Um, <laughs> what else? What else was good from that game? I'm trying to stay positive. I'm in a good mood because Canada won the gold medal. Um, I would say Yoel Armia getting his first goal of the year. I mentioned it during the recap. That's important. Um, I really think that he his contract is one that you want to move on from. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to move on from that contract. They're probably going to have to eat salary in order to do it. But even if you eat the maximum amount of salary, it's going to be very difficult if he doesn't have some production for you to stand on when you're making that deal. Now, I don't know. Is one goal going to be enough to all of a sudden make him trade bait? Probably not. Probably going to need a little bit more than that. But he actually had a pretty decent overall game. Um, he was on a line with Jake Evans and Evgeny Dadunov. They overall weren't they weren't too bad. Um, they, they weren't you know, dominant out there or anything, but, um, I felt like they were pretty good. I felt like watching that, I was like, maybe this is a way to kind of get Yoel Armia going a little bit. Maybe we can move him (laughs) into the direction of becoming trade bait a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, Again, I think it's going to be tough to move on from that contract and they're going to have to eat salary, but the production coming along would, would go a long way towards uh, making that happen. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm taking it as, a, as good news at the very least for now. Aside from that, aside from those two positives and uh, the, the bonus positive that didn't even come from the game that we actually watched, um, <laughs> that game sucked. Everything about that game sucked. Um, you know, I, I was sitting here. I had I, I was trying to have Canada mostly on, on my TV, and I was streaming on, on um, my larger computer screen that I have off to my left. So I'm trying to kind of follow on both games. And, and I got to tell you, like the temptation to turn off the Habs game was just <clears throat> palpable throughout the entire thing. It's a rough watch. They can't generate any offense right now. And, you know, part of me is sitting here watching both of these games. I'm watching Connor Bedard at the same time that I'm watching this. I'm watching Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli was great in that game as well. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I could maybe I could maybe sit through more of these games if it means we get one of those guys. You know, of course, Bedard is the ultimate prize. That's what you want to get. But Fantilli, man, look out. You know, my, my buddy Hattie, Kalakesh, who works here at Eyes on the Prize as well, he tweeted out, you know, looking at Fantilli, he's a guy that at worst is probably going to be a long-time number two center for your team with high-level production. Uh, and I agree with that assessment. I, I think this is a guy that, you know, he didn't blow the doors off at the World Juniors, but you never want to put too much stock in one tournament, right? Um, you got to look at what he's doing in the NCAA as well, and uh, it's tantalizing. It's it's unprecedented when it comes to, you know, true freshmen in the NCAA. Uh, I, I, I really think that if that's the guy they end up getting, <laughs> you could do a lot worse. Uh, so realistically, again, sitting here thinking about turning off that Habs game, I'm like, you know, might just have to sit through more of these games. You know, no, <laughs> no pain, no gain, right? 
I don't know. It's getting uh, it's getting tiresome watching them skate through these games and not be able to generate anything offensively. You know, getting into the third period there again when they got that power play in the mid third, uh, I hadn't really been paying attention to the shots and. And they get a power play, so I decide to check, and I see that they have 13 shots. We're talking 50 minutes of hockey, and you put 13 pucks on net. That's horrendous. That's absolutely horrendous. When you look at the attempts, right, the attempts aren't actually that bad. They had 42 attempts at even strength, and uh, the Rangers had 51. So they weren't that far off. You're only, you're only off by nine on attempts, but you, <laughs> you're just not getting enough pucks on net in order to generate any kind of offense even if you had a generational talent like I, I was talking about this the other day with Jared Book you know if you took Connor Bedard and put him on that team right now with the Habs would they legitimately be any better they might be a little bit more dynamic you know you'd have like because you got Cole Caulfield right now is the only dynamic player on the roster uh, so you'd add I guess an extra level of explosiveness <laughs> and maybe in some of those games you'd look a little bit better, but you're still going to have those seven two nine two drubbings, uh, and then you're going to have snooze fests like this. If they figure out how to shut down your key players, which they did against Caulfield, the Rangers did a very good job against the top line, shutting them down, and the Habs have nothing else. Yeah, Yoel Armia got a goal, but they have nothing else. I don't know. It's it's rough. It's uh, it's getting tougher and tougher to watch. But again. This is maybe the penance that we have to pay uh, to, to get another high draft pick. I know this is two seasons in a row, and I don't think most of us are used to seeing the team be this bad for two seasons in a row. But at the end of the day, yeah, this is the penance maybe that we're going to have to pay in order to get a generational talent. And if they do, then I think we'll all look back at this season and we'll go, you know what, it was worth it. Uh, but while we're in it, it's man, is it ever tough. It's like fucking watching paint dry some of these nights. Like that game was rough. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I was thinking about trying to go 20 minutes on this, but uh, man, rough, 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 rough. I'll say one more thing before I close this out, uh, because I don't know if I'm going to talk about this on, on the recap podcast or not, but anybody who watched that tournament and you watch Canada, and, you know, they made a goaltender change after the first loss uh, to Czechia in their opening game, right? Thomas Millich comes in, and he was fantastic. The Habs have a bit of an issue at goaltending. We saw tonight, you know, Jake Allen, he's not infallible. He's a pretty good goaltender, but he's also on the wrong side of 30. We know he's not sticking around forever. If I'm the Montreal Canadiens, I'm absolutely taking a later round flyer on Thomas Millich. I think this guy is going to be a real NHL goaltender. Um, I I think he's going to be a legitimate, perhaps even elite starter once he's fully ready to do it. And I, I can't think of a better way to spend a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. Right? This draft is not that deep. I know people keep saying it's a deep draft. It's a deep draft in terms of top-end talent. So in the first couple of rounds, there are going to be some really good talent players that you can get. But there's a drop-off in this draft. And the result of that is you're going to be picking some players in the 5th, 6th, 7th round that are never going to play in the NHL. Milich is a guy who's already been passed over in the draft. He's probably going to be available pretty late. And if you take a flyer on him, I think whoever does is going to be very happy. And I think it should be the Montreal Canadiens. Um, obviously, the post-carry price era is upon us as far as we know. He hasn't said it himself for good, but we are pretty sure that we're in the post-carry price era. And I think stacking legitimate 
uh, prospects in order to, to kind of weed things out and find out who can be your long-term starter is important. Uh, I would draft that kid if I were the Montreal Canadiens. And that's all I have to say. Um, where are we? Where can you find us? You can find us on Spotify, on Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter as well, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.